Hey, 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 welcome to the Ebb the Celeb podcast where I, Ebb the Celeb, am your host. I know it's been a while, but I am joined with one of my closest friends or by one of my closest friends. You've heard her before, the beautiful, the intelligent, the wonderful Triana. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Or as you know, those special people say, Happy New Year's. <laughs> come on now, let's not come for our, our people that don't know the name. We just put a polite, you know, polite text. We post about it. Don't let them get the message. Right, take that S off, boo. Take that S off. <laughs> so anyway, I anticipate this is going to be a fun conversation. Okay. And I know you murder everything, but of course, I want to talk to you about dating. Okay. So hopefully, you know, everybody cool with this. I was like, but see, you didn't know me when I was (laughs) in the dating world and the mess that I was. So Mm -hmm. this will be interesting. Okay. Yes, absolutely. So I first want to talk about like a little bit about my background. So I grew, I was raised in the church, Mm -hmm. right? And so that came with a lot of um, you shouldn't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, or you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. And so I had already wrapped up in my mind that I had to be kind of like a goody two-shoes mm-hmm. um, and not really date because if you kiss, you could get pregnant. Like all this stuff that people told uh-huh. me uh, <laughs> um, growing up. So I had kind of this warped sense, this really hesitant approach to to dating and then also in the church you know you get a lot of views of how women are supposed to be and how we're supposed mm-hmm. to act and our positions and our roles and things of that nature so that really influence still influences a lot um of how i do what i do even if i'm just acting in response to it and so i know that you had a different growing up experience than me and so if you could talk a little bit about that and maybe how that sh- played into how you view dating as well yeah well, it, yeah, it's interesting you say that because it was a similar rules and expectations placed on me, right, as a young girl, even though my family wasn't religious. So we were all, like, baptized as babies in the Catholic Church because my parents' generations identified as Catholic. But other than that, we went to church, like, once a year for Easter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and even in that, it's so interesting, though, uh, the patriarchy how embedded it is in everything that I had a lot of rules that I had to follow to be a good girl, to be um, a role model to all my younger cousins and my younger sister. Um, and it was just so many things that were like, well, you know, that's, I mean, I use a word slut, but it was like, if you do this, you're a slut. If you do this, mm-hmm. you're a slut. It's not like you're going to hell, but you're a slut. You're not going to get a good man to marry you if you do this. Like that was the messaging that I received. Which is crazy. Like the patriarchy, of course it exists in religion. It's it's so right. It's so crazy. And you know, not that we're talking about this today, but it's like all the pressure of purity and righteousness is placed on women when it comes to relationships. And men though can get away with a murder. And it's okay because if like you were saying, like a, a woman in your culture or the way you were brought up in your family, um, if you did this, you were a slut. If you, did, if you were a slut. But I'm pretty sure if a guy did it, that that's not how he was labeled. Right, right, exactly. It was just like, oh, he's, you know, a man's man or he's just being a boy, like, and, and that was it. 
Right, absolutely. So when did you start dating? And wait, before before you answer that, don't answer that. How do you define dating? <laughs> I'm about to say, because I grew up with some little fast kids in my uh, elementary age where <laughs> it was, uh, apparently I did have a little boyfriend. Um, gosh, well, I feel like it was like, it's a, a blurb, like from fourth to sixth grade, it was this thing of like, with boys like in girls, girls like in boys. Um, and in fourth grade, I remember do having a crush on a boy. Um, and then there was a third grader who had a major crush on me and like infatuated kind of. <laughs> and I think we were like boyfriend girlfriend for like a week or something. And I was like, I just, like, just want to play with my Barbies. Like why not find a corner in the park of the, the parking lot, the playground to like have like a first kiss and stuff. Like it was just, it was a lot. Um, but dating, I don't know. I, what was considered dating back then is a lot different. It looks a lot more differently now because we have so many terms, dating, talking, I'm seeing people or I'm casually like sleeping around or right. so I, I don't even well, I don't let's break that down. Cause I like that conversation. So yeah. what's the difference? So what does it mean to be talking to somebody? That you are either a, a lot of text messaging or DMing or something and phone <laughs> conversations to get to know the person, but you're obviously flirting, you're showing interest and they're showing interest in, in you. That they want something more. You don't know what that more is. If it's just a physical, if it's, you know, something more long-term, more serious, but you know, there's an interest there for more. So you continue to engage with that person. So talking is like literally just conversation. It's not like you're hanging out or doing anything. Right. Oh, okay. And so then how is that different from seeing someone or dating someone if those are the same thing? So to me, like talking is just like that short, well, I guess it's different now because of the pandemic, but it's that short <laughs> preliminary, pre preliminary stage before you see physically see somebody. Okay. Hey, so that's how I, I look at it. But then there are people that have gone on dates and haven't done anything physical yet and they consider that to be talking. So you know it's all relative <laughs> then you have people who say they're dating somebody but never been on a date with yeah. them like an actual date yeah. you know what i mean yes um yeah because i think about gosh even pre-pandemic i think about the show the mtv show catfish and when i remember watching i realized I'm like how do so many people get so emotionally wrapped up and involved with someone that they haven't even seen, right? Because now people are more virtually like video chatting each other, stuff like that. But when that show was popular, a lot of these people were just texting and chatting online with pictures of, you know, of someone else because they were getting catfish, right? Right. So it's just, how do you get that invested in someone without actually physically video chatting with them? Girl, they fell in love with their mind in the conversation. <laughs> I don't see you. Exactly. <laughs> just yeah so um so yeah so it is it's all relative okay so my last question my last definition i want from you is what does it mean to have a situation that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to me it means doing not all but either all or most of the things that a exclusive relationship has without having that label or having the talk um that you are exclusive and you're not doing those activities with anyone else but that one person 
And so do you think that the talk is necessary in order to solidify a relationship? Or do you think that there should just be this kinetic, like mutual understanding? To me, the talk is necessary. Um, I People get away with what you allow them to get away with. So if you hold off having the conversation and you're you know, wondering, and it matters to you, right? If it doesn't matter, you're both going with the flow, okay? But there's usually one person that it matters to. And they're thinking about, when are we going to have this talk? Like, what are we doing here? Like, are they talking to us? Are they talking? Are they, you know, having sex with anybody else? Is it just me? Um, and so the, the talk is necessary. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I need like explicit states, like I am your girlfriend or I am your woman, your mom, and it's right. just me and you. Like I need it to be right <laughs> listed out so there's no confusion so we both know what it is and we're on the same page exactly yeah yeah so i know you said like when you were like between fourth and sixth grade you know you were uh playing around on the playground but like when did you like officially where do you how how do you define when you started dating for real for real um high school um, that relationship lasted until like literally like the week or so before freshman year of college because I was freaking out. I was, my friend teased me that I'm like dramatic. I'm the dramatic. I was mellow, dramatic, like, <laughs> dramatic when I was younger. Um, and I think the anxiety that even though we were going to college in the same, like the city of Philadelphia, we were at different schools and I was like legit driving crazy. Like our arguments were frequent. And he ended up like breaking up with me, like, I don't know, like the weekend or so before we had to move into um, Philly. So freshman year, we were on and off the entire year. Um, and by sophomore year, he decided to join the army. Oh, wow. And I don't, if he hadn't done that, I don't know how much longer we would have been on this like on and off. Cause that was like my first love. So I don't know how long we have been on this on and off thing. Um, and I felt like to me, that was like the sign that like, okay, this is going to give me the strength to like really break it off and be done because, you know, he, he went to boot camp and did all these other things. So, um, so sophomore year was like my year of like the single girl and going out and like partying and all that and being a mess because I don't, I don't know what I'm doing with a custard day. That was your whole face. <laughs> girl. Mini, it wasn't that wasn't my real one. It was like a mini one. A mini one. <laughs> yes, it was a mini one. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah. Okay. And so after that experience, so I wonder what messages did you get when you were dating him? Like, did your was your family cool with it, or did you get pushback? Um. Well, they weren't cool with it at first because of the fact that they were like, you were supposed to wait, like you went behind our backs, you were supposed to wait till you were 18. Um, and, but when my mom got to know him, like when he was able to like come over and all that, um, she was like, okay. And she got to meet his mom, I think too. Um, and so, so she was fine with it then, like, all right, you know. Um, but it was this thing of like, you know, as long as you remain a virgin, I guess this is okay. Um, and because, you know, we lived so far apart, we did a lot of group dates. That's what they thought, but <laughs> 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 I wasn't, and I don't know. Um, 
it was like months or maybe even a year after I had told my mom, I don't even know what, I remember the conversation, but I don't even know why it came up. Like why she, I guess as a mother, maybe you just feel it in your gut or something. I don't know why she Mm -hmm. asked me the question and I'm not a liar. Like I don't really lie. So I'm like, yeah, I did. Like, like, yeah. And she's like, I just thought you would just wait till you were married. I just, but I mean, it's your life, but I just really thought like I raised you differently that you would wait. And I'm like, sorry, sorry, mom. Like, I don't know. What to <laughs> um, but yeah, you know what? I think that conversation did happen because it was freshman year of college. It's just like now I'm living on, on campus and all that. So I guess that's why it was like on her mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. And so in that relationship, did you have any... Do you feel like you were your true authentic self or do you think ideas about what it meant to be a woman and what it meant to be a girlfriend kind of infiltrated the way you were in that relationship? Um, no, I was my true authentic self. I think as I had gotten older, I started to be more worried about what it's weird so I worried about what people think when it came to like my academics because like so much of my self-worth was tied into um my studies and how I was as a student I don't I just feel like I could be my authentic self with him okay well let's get into like when you started like dating around when you were in college because I have so many questions uh just because of things that go on in my head so um (laughs) what was dating like for you in college um I was a mess (laughs) um so sophomore year, it only lasted like my my pockets of like when we were off in freshman year um, and then all of sophomore year because then by junior year, I want to say like February around junior year, I got into my relationship with, as I like to call my college sweetheart. Mm-hmm. And that lasted for like about three years. Um, I... I'm over here telling myself. So I am a very, one of my love languages is touch. And so for me, receiving all these messages of having, mind you, it's not like we had sex on a regular basis because we didn't even live together. We went to different schools. But it felt like, you know, often, it was priority to both of us. So it happened often enough to then not have that because now it meant like when I did want to have sex that I'm not going to be a slut now if I go ahead and start. And the community of Black students at Temple was small. Like, people all pretty much knew each other. Um, And not too many people knew or met me freshman year. But sophomore year, I started going out more, going to parties, hanging out with friends, meet more people. They did. So... I so I was actually talking about this with my best friend, Waldo, the other day of, like, you know, I, I feel like the Lord was just trying to, like, spare me or something because the girlfriends that he surrounded me with, like, my roommates and the um, two that I got close to were all um, very much goody two-shoes mm-hmm. um, that I feel like I didn't have as much sex with as many guys as I wanted because- <laughs> They were that type of influence on me. And I didn't, and I knew too, like that unfairly society would not look at me as some like sexually liberated woman that did whatever she wanted, whoever she wanted, but they would look down to me as like, oh, she's losing her value. Like who's going to wife her up if she does? So I tried to, um, I was talking, talking to different people. Um, and I would only be physical, like with one person at a time. And that whole sophomore year, 
I think it was only like two, that entire year with two different people um, that I had sex with and that was it. But there was a number that I was like talking to and wanted to and I withheld a lot because I didn't want to be talked about in that way. Mm. Um, and so just so crazy. Like, and this is the part like where like that song by Beyonce, if I were a boy, it's yeah. like, you know, I, I just feel like men don't think like that. Like they don't consider, I don't want to be talked about, you know, that could, because they're not seen in the same way that we're seen, even though like the reason there's that this world is populated is because men and women are sexual beings. Right. Like it's the craziest thing to me. And I think I told you this story, you know, that's well, I did cut you off, but I think I told you this story not too long ago about how the first time I was going to have sex with my high school boyfriend, I had like a full panic attack. Because <laughs> I felt like my mom's going to be mad at me. God is not pleased. Like, and we were about to do it. And I just literally freaked out. And thank God he wasn't like a jerk. Yeah. That he was like, you know, it's okay. Relax. Calm down. Um, and then when I got to college, I thought, okay, I'm going to get to college. I'm going to have me a college boyfriend or something. I'm going to, you know, finally do it. And then when I was in the situation, I freaked out again. I told him, like, he went to take my bra off. And I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> and do this. It ran out the room. <laughs> and, then I, and then I hear from him, like, basically for the rest of my college career, like, <laughs> would not talk to him, would not answer the door, would not, because I was so embarrassed right yeah. like and I know that all of that had to do with just this pressure that was put on me from messages I got from my family messages I got from being in the church messages that you see you know yeah in the media and things like that and I just didn't want to like for, for me like the biggest piece was I didn't want to let God down like this message was like so ingrained in me that oh I'm going to hell if I <laughs> Yeah. If I do, or I'm going to get pregnant, which is like, don't do that, you know, that kind of um, situation too. So it's crazy how like for me, it resulted in not being able to explore my sexuality in a time where I could have freely explored it. And for mm -hmm. you, the same thing, like it limited it how much you were able to like those messages limited how much you were able to be free with your sexuality as right. well. Yeah. Yep. Which is crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so here so remember I said I wanted to talk to you about some things mm -hmm. so you know me I stay in my head about everything mm -hmm. and so my biggest question not my biggest my first question is when is it okay to fart around somebody <laughs> <laughs> like that, I need to know like the rules of this <laughs> oh I think that is a, a, a personal <laughs> <laughs> A personal choice that you make. I had always, this is hilarious because I would get into my whole like issue like with bowel movements and constipation because I didn't even want my like my boyfriend in high school to know that I pooped. Like right. I just couldn't not like he can't know that I do that. Um and so I don't think I ever farted around him like at all. Like I, I tried as much as possible. Um, and the same thing in our, my relationship in college. And even with my current husband, it we were together for however many years. What was it four or five years before I was pregnant? When I got when you get pregnant and you're uncomfortable <laughs> sweating, um, you you just get the fuckets, right? And so I would politely move around the house if I did have to fart. 
And it just seemed like he had this magnetic pull to me that he would follow me everywhere I go. So the one time I said, well, you know what? Go ahead. <laughs> take it then, take it. Go ahead, take away. And he was like, oh, what is that? And I said, well, since you want to keep following me around, that that's me, that's my fart. That's, that's me. So six years into this relationship, he was violently attacked because like they weren't smelling great. And I'm like, you know, trying to, it was like one of those silent but deadly ones. And I'm like, you keep following after me. I'm, I'm trying to be respectful here. <laughs> so, so yeah. So that's when that, it happened for me. And also too, like, I could not, you know, I couldn't like, I mean, I think peeing was fine or whatever, but I never like did that with like the door open or anything like that. And after like, just, just being so uncomfortably pregnant, like I would pee with the door open. Like I just, I wouldn't care. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, but I don't know how much longer I would have went though, if I, if I didn't have that experience, because that's how I was about it. Like he can't, he can't like hear me fart or he mm-hmm. can't. Yeah. And a poop thing too, right. And I don't have no issues typically going to the bathroom with anybody, but it's like, I hate, not hate, like it's so uncomfortable for me to be at somebody's house knowing, like, especially if I'm gonna stay the night or stay yeah. the week, right. It's like, listen, I'm, I'm regular, right. <laughs> Yeah. It's like I try not to poop quiet. <laughs> I want you to hear it for like what is that? Because men, and I don't know if this is the same with your husband, will fart, will poop yeah. like I know with him it was like a while before he actually did, but once like that first what happened, and I wasn't repulsive, I was just like kind of like really though, like that. That that was a green light for him. So from that moment on, he was like, well, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so like it's so crazy, and so I think that comes from, and you could tell me, you know, your thoughts too. But I think that comes from like this idea that we're supposed to present this thing to men that we are like perfect and precious, and we don't do anything human yeah. or something that's seen as nasty. I guess I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, and I, I think for me, I just I don't know what Freud would have said about like whatever happened during during a uh, toilet training for me. Because I just had problems, even when we if we traveled, if it was a field trip or whatever, like I just could not go in public restrooms. Um, and so I had issues with constipation for, for years because of that. Yeah. I had a sympathy, but that, that's not the reason why I like with public restrooms. So my grandma used to love to watch, not like not just the, um, the stories, like as the world turns on that kind of stuff. But she also was obsessed with, what is his name? So he's a white guy. His show, people always fight and it's always something drama. Like, I got to tell you, I'm really a man or um, Jerry Springer. That's who it was. So my grandma used to love that show and she used to love the Maury Povich show. Uh-huh. Where it was like, you are not the father. Yeah. Or he's lying, that kind of thing. And when I was younger, staying at my grandma's house, there was this one episode of the Maury Povich show where this guy, and it showed he was telling the truth, he got crabs from using a public restroom. And that thing settled in my mind and in my spirit. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, crabs, they, they can jump and stuff. <laughs> and that's why I couldn't use public restrooms. So literally, I would hold people, when I, even when I got to college, I would only use the, the bathroom in my room. And mm-hmm. I ended up having almost a medical emergency <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because of that. Because I was like, I don't want to get crabs from a toilet seat like that is so like because you know even though you know our parents teach us how to hover or squat but my thing is these things can can jump (laughs) like mm -mm. i'm not i'm not (laughs) 
Well, I think this is a good time to take our um, drinking break. But before we do, um, when we finish talking about our drinks, I want to talk about finding your voice for women, finding their voice during sex. Because I have so many women clients and people that I, women that I encounter that talk about how um, they're afraid to speak up and don't know how to express their likes or wants yeah. or even how to say no in regards to certain things. Right. All right. But really quickly, because we day drinking today, boo. I know. <laughs> you know, I was going to ask, what you drinking? So because it is early, um, I'm normally either, depending on the type of night, I'm having a whiskey or tequila girl. But um, instead, I'm having sangria. So that's what I'm drinking. Nice, nice. I haven't seen, oh, there we go. I was like, I don't know if I've seen you take a sip of sangria yet. All right. Yes. Okay. Okay. My bad. Okay. I did. And today I was just going to have a wine because like you said, it's the daytime, but then I thought better. I was like, wait a minute. It's morning. It's breakfast time. I'm going to have me a mimosa. So mimosa, but instead of orange juice, I use pineapple juice because you know, pineapples. leave that there my mama might listen to this and I, I ain't trying to right <laughs> yeah. explain explain that so recently I'm not going to say any names but I was having a talk with a friend and colleague of mine and she was talking about how she's dating a guy and she had a conversation with him before they had sex about what she likes and then she you know she's on, on the pill but she wants um to use condoms that kind of thing yeah. and she said she really likes him and she said but the only issue and she was talking so highly of him but then she's like yeah the only issue is that during sex he'll take the condom off and he'll like finish inside of me like that's assault you know <laughs> about her, did she watch i may destroy you right and so and you could you know how you have to be um for some people you don't want to be so harsh when you try to get them to recognize and realize something. Yeah. But sadly, she's not the first person who has made similar comments to me about that, right? So there's a lot of women who feel like sex is just for the pleasure of the man. Like you're supposed to please your man and they'll say, well, you know what? I don't orgasm during sex, but that's just, it's, it's just me. I guess I'm just, it's hard for me to orgasm or um, to you know, say what I want, you know, he he works, or you know, just all these excuses yeah. that people make, and I wanted your opinion on that. Yeah. Um. So I I've had um not had that particular experience, but there had because like I said, when I was um dating, I was a mess. I tried to only um have a sexual relationship with like one guy at a time right um that there there were times that that we didn't use um a condom and it was surely like the initiation um from the guy right of like oh we're already we're heated in the moment so why ruin it kind of thing mm -hmm. and there were times where when it would that would first happen, like, oh, don't you have one? I'm like, no, I gotta buy more, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, okay, well, we here. And I am like on birth control. So like, let's go ahead and do this. Um, so so I 
didn't even when those times were happening thinking about like how much was this like premeditated right that he did or didn't have one um mm-hmm. things like that I, I hadn't you know considered that I just know that this was someone that I was on a regular basis um consenting to having uh sex with that person but um so because of that I I just didn't think any further about those moments that that would happen because mm-hmm. there was always this thing of like oh yeah we'll start off and then eventually like you know we'll, we won't need the condoms anymore it, it's fine like I'm I'm only with quotes you know with mm-hmm. but I'm like I don't know that we not we didn't have the talk because it's supposedly you know we're dating or whatever it is we're not exclusive um and I remember that sophomore year feeling like you know the, you know that term hot girl summer like that I was gonna have a hot girl sophomore year <laughs> Um, so even in, like I said, even with that, I only tried to just stay with one person. Um, so yeah, but for me, it was again, the concerns of like, oh, people talk and guys talk, like, what are people going to, to think about me in terms of, and, and back then being young, it's not like I really had, uh, too much awareness of what it is that I liked I just knew like what felt good to me and what didn't mm-hmm. um, and I didn't really have issues with things happening that that I that that didn't feel good or that I didn't like um then now when I had my second hot girl summer after my college relationship mm-hmm. that was a whole other thing because I, I swore that tap, I was, tap, 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 tap. I was uh Carrie Bradshaw <laughs> Um, it had awkward moments, um, then with a couple people, but, um, I knew that for a while I was very, there was like this, uh, podcast I was listening to, they were talking about like higher desire women mm-hmm. and I felt seen because like, yes, like my love language is, is touch and that's how I express and sex is better to me when it's with someone that I love and they love me back. Um, but also, like, I enjoy sex as well, like, just the act of it. Um, and so my libido was never, like, low. And so the times that I didn't have that relationship of what was deemed, like, socially acceptable to have that one person to be having sex, however many times a week or a day that I wanted to have it, that was a challenge for me. Like, that is where I really was like, oh, I just, I just want to have sex right now. But this guy, we still in the beginning stage of talking. What's he going to think of me if all of a sudden I'm like, you know, texting him to come over at, you know, two o'clock in the morning. He knows mm-hmm. what's up, right? Um, and so that was, that was my plight. I guess that was my, my challenge, my struggle uh, when I was younger. Yeah. So what do you think it is that keeps us silent? Like I'm mulling it over in my head and I wonder if the message of you know just being chose just having a man um is so important that we that our own desires and what we want becomes placed on the back burner it's like you know if you have a man that chooses you then don't be difficult Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's something else. I don't know. Like, what do you think keeps us or keeps so many women, particularly women of color, so silent in the bedroom? Um, I definitely think like how we're, we're socialized. Um, because for me, like being socialized to be differential and to be accommodating, um, to other people spilled into that world as well. Mm-hmm. So, 
like I said, like with my high school sweetheart, there was like some matchmaking going on with his mom, but with my college um, sweetheart and a couple of other different guys that at that time I really was like, no, I don't want to be in a relationship, but it was this purse like pursuing of me of like, you know, I want you to be my girl, like my girlfriend. Um, and with my college sweetheart, it was like that same thing. Like they had an interest in me where I'm just like, you know, off doing my own thing, not, not looking or checking for anybody kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I was just like, after some, like, I guess, persistence from the person, I was just like, oh, well, okay. I, yeah, I guess I'll be your girlfriend. I mean, you've been around for this long, um, and you've not asked me the question. So I'm going to be a jerk or a bad person if I don't say yes. Mm. Um, and so that's that and that's just how I was socialized from such a young age right to like not really have a voice um and you know be seen not heard um and putting other like people's needs or wants before mine that that's that's how I came to be that way yeah and so what do you think that does to us right because um like even and even if I'm being honest, and so when I did um, have sex, I had no idea what to do or what to say, and I was in my head the entire time, right? So literally, this man who loved me is on top of me, <laughs> and I'm like, should I be making noise? Should I move? Or uh, is this sweat about to fall on me? Like I don't want it to fall. Like I, I was really like I had no idea. Yeah. What to do. And I didn't want to say anything because I was so um, concerned with his ego, right? Trying to protect him. It was like, oh, I, I want him to think he's doing a great job, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even though I don't know what a great job is, you know what I mean? Like, there's no communication. But then also, I don't want to talk right now. It feels weird to like be talking in the middle yeah. of, of this. And I just feel like it's made my experience, like, I wish I had different experiences yeah yeah I um definitely am very present and get lost in the moment but not hearing you say that I do think about times that I might have wanted to say something right like like you know move a little to the left here or do right. something oh, I don't like that position or something like that that I didn't speak up because of the whole piece of like well I don't want to hurt his ego and I don't want to ruin the moment either mm -hmm. um and so even though like and it's like i don't want to ruin the moment for him because like essentially isn't it already not ruined but i'm not enjoying this in a capacity that i could be mm -hmm. yeah and so so yeah so so for me it was to kind of spare the guy's feeling right because well because i want to finish so i'm not trying to ruin the moment because the whole for them too it's uh been about a performance thing as well and not just like enjoying the moment or having the orgasm it's also tied to that their ego of like i have to perform well right as much as they don't listen to us or pay attention to see right, exactly if we, if we are pleased they still have this thing of like yeah i put i put i put that down on her kind <laughs> of thing. um to damn right like okay so you was all right but I, you know so, <laughs> um so that's so that's so funny how much that we do say quiet to spare their ego mm -hmm. um when yeah when things could have been 
Definitely. I think the movie was strictly business, right? Where, yeah, I think it was strictly business. Um, you didn't see that movie? Girl, I'm revoking your black card. But anyway, the first guy, the first woman that he was dating, he was saying like, you know, having sex was very like military because she would be like left, left, right, right, left, right, left, right, right, right. <laughs> and I remember, you know, people talking a lot of crap about her, you know, in the movie. But this is a woman who knew what she wanted. Right. Who knew what she liked and gave instructions and was very vocal yeah. during sex. But I think about how she, her being vocal was frowned upon and you know joked about yeah and then how that sent a subsequent message or or reiterated this message that we should be just accept what's given kind of to us go go with the flow even if the flow don't don't feel as good as it could as good as it could feel so like in but like when you're dating someone and you you both are on the same page like when do you think is because I get like some guys are really pushy and aggressive and some guys are like way too laid back and you don't know where you stand with them. Yeah. But like when you are dating someone and it seems like you're on the same page, like when do you think is a good time to introduce to your family? Because I'm gonna be honest, I don't introduce anybody to my family anymore. Like I said, the person I'm gonna introduce to my family is gonna be my husband because my family they're not loyal, right? And so in the past when like if and this is not just with me, it's with my whole family. If you are with somebody, if you date somebody, you ever bring around your family, they, your family stay cool with them, which is, you know, to me, I'm big on loyalty. I think that if I break up with you, my whole family should break up with you. Yeah. Or my friends should break up with you. Like you're no longer yeah. here. And I'm in a situation now where this guy I dated, like is literally at family functions, like <laughs> all the time my family, you know, I come to the, I come over to my parents' house, he at my parents' house, and I'm just like, do y'all realize how awkward and uncomfortable this is? Right. For me, right. and so now, but it's, like I said, it's not just me, like, other of my cousins, we, you know, get together, we have family functions, and they exes, <laughs> or there is just, you know, my family is just, they not loyal. So, yeah. I said, I, I don't want to introduce anybody who not, who I'm not going to stay, who I don't think I'm going to stay with for um, a long time, but I know that's probably not healthy, but just trying to figure out like when is a good time to introduce somebody to your family? Because I've also gotten to a point like when I was younger, my family's approval was really important to me. Yeah. But now I really, I probably could not care less. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm thinking about it was it was months also of when they met Jeff, uh, my husband Jeff. Like he and I, so. When I thought oh, she I, she blushing, y'all. She blushing. <laughs> I guess you know a, a a happy ending or a happy beginning is is possible. And it sounds like in, in this relationship, you you said you're your authentic self, you're open and yeah. you're honest. And I think that's probably the key. And I think I would say to women, you know, if you feel like you can't be open and honest in your relationship, that's probably not the relationship. Yeah. For you and for men, and I want you to chime in here. For men, I would say, listen, pay attention and stop being so into your ego and, you know, care about the person that you're with, even if you're just with that person for a night, you know, give a shit. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I think it's a lack of awareness on men's part because, like, how our society is set up, um, but also... A lot of them are aware, but they won't do anything about it or they won't initiate discussion. 
And so me, I don't know if it's because I'm a Libra or because I'm a counselor. Like I have to talk when something's off or whatever. I have to talk through it. I have to. Um, and so he is very perceptive and he can feel when things are off, but he does not initiate. Like his family does not do confrontations, even if it's healthy confrontations, they don't do assertiveness. And so that's still something that he's growing. He's got slightly better, but usually I'm the one that initiates a conversation that might be difficult or uncomfortable. And he is present in that moment and he's open to whatever it is. And we talk about it. And he realized that each time we both feel much better because of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, he still doesn't initiate as much as I do, but he's at least present enough to be open to that uncomfortable process. Yeah. Because uh, he realized it helps us grow, helps us get closer. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, my friend, my, my sister, Tree Tree, thank you for joining me on this very open and vulnerable and transparent conversation and being open and authentic with me. I love you the mostest. The mostest too. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Come back anytime. And thank you to my listeners. Remember to mind your mental health, particularly in these crazy times, because it is that important. If you need resources, do not hesitate to go to my website, drebonywhite.com. And as always, follow me on Instagram at I am the celeb. You can find Triana at TPHDMommy. Yes. Or at Dr. Triana Martinez. Yes. You know, for like that inspirational stuff. Yes. All right. Until next time, we're out. Bye, everyone.